you're listening to the LP Podcast. Now here's your host, Layton Crater. What's going on, everybody? It's the LP Podcast. Hope you're having a great week. Appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to check me out on Twitter. The handle is at underscore LP Podcast or LP Pod. I cannot remember at this point in time. You'll have to forgive me. Also, check me out on Twitter at Prater Layton. A lot of cool stuff on there. Uh, I never shut up talking about sports, you know, retweeting, quote tweeting, spewing my opinion out there. That's what I do. Uh, if you're interested in high school sports, of course, I do that too, working for the Dent Record Chronicle. It's football playoff time here in Texas. Uh, so if you're into that, uh, definitely give me a follow along. I will be covering uh, a game this week, this Friday. Nevertheless, we have sports to talk about. And I know I told you guys that we would, uh, you know, we would have a special guest on today on Wednesday. We will this week. Uh, we just had a little bit of a scheduling conflict. That's going to drop tomorrow. Uh, so be sure to check that out and be on the lookout for that. That's going to be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. That's where you can find me. Uh, really good show coming tomorrow, but I wanted to get something out today. Uh, last couple of weeks just been kind of crazy, like I said, doing playoffs for volleyball and football and driving everywhere in between uh, to cover that stuff. But nevertheless, we're here. Uh, and a lot of things have changed in the last two weeks, uh, last week and a half since we talked uh, in that sports. That's how it happens. Uh, but, of course, we've had some big stuff happen. You had OBJ. He got released, uh, or rather cut, from the Browns. He's now with the Rams uh, and all their star power. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is now back on the field after his COVID you know, scare, mishap, however you want to characterize it. That's your business. Uh, we're not going to address too much of that because that's not really going to be productive. Uh, but I'm happy to have you in. It's a Wednesday. Um, so, more importantly, let, let's start in the NFL. Uh, that, that's what's most important. Uh, these days, and let's let's look at the scope of of some of the big topics that we have right now. We'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs. They play Oakland, or excuse me, Las Vegas uh, Sunday night on NBC. Uh, the Chiefs look good. They look like they're back, uh, so to speak. I don't. I'm not sure if they really ever left. Uh, I think football is just hard, um, and, and so they did a good job of of getting back on track. They look like the team that they're supposed to be. Uh, and, and despite being a, I wouldn't necessarily say a Raiders fan, I would say more along the lines of a Derek Carr fan, and by default somewhat of a Raiders fan, uh, the, this was bound to happen to the Raiders at some point where they just they, they look like the team that they're supposed to be. Uh, and, and given everything that that team has gone through this season with, with the John Gruden mess, with the tragic incident that, that Henry Ruggs was caught up in, um, they, they kind of felt like it would be natural to assume that this is going to happen uh, to them to where they were going to have a big showing like that and maybe come out flat uh, on a nationally televised game or, or a standalone primetime game, and they did, and they did that. Uh, the problem still becomes, uh, or rather not the problem, but the bigger story is with the Chiefs. And for weeks we have seen and we've talked about um, how they look out of sorts, they're turning the ball over, the defense hasn't been great, Mahomes hasn't, uh, has not looked like himself, his, his mechanics, his footwork has been bad, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Chiefs have just looked out of sorts recently, um, but they didn't uh, on, on Sunday night, and they've been winning the games that they were supposed to. Uh, you know, they beat the Giants. Uh, they, they got out of, you know, they were able to, to squeak out a win against Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they weren't winning pretty, but they were winning. And then on Sunday night, they looked like the team they're supposed to be. They they finally adjusted. They've seen, uh, I would imagine, the what defenses have been trying to do to them, you know, these last couple weeks. 
And they finally adjusted. They were willing to to take the check down, to take the screen pass, you know, to take the short little uh, yards. They're willing to take the easy play. And what that does, and you saw this if you watched the game on Sunday, is that opened up the big play that they are so unstoppable at. Uh, and so they did a lot of that short intermediate stuff, got Patrick in a rhythm, got in a rhythm offensively there in the first half. And then the second half, they turned it on. And, and that game could have looked a lot different uh, had Deshaun Jackson know which way to run with the football. Uh, there midway through the third quarter, you know, on a third down, Derek Carr hits him on a, a pretty nice route there down the right sideline, and Deshaun catches it, and I'm not sure what happened. He tried to do a spin move, ball gets punched out, uh, and and uh, kind of the rest is history. You know, Chiefs convert on a, on a fourth down on a fake punt pass, and they get it, and uh, that's just kind of the night it was for the Raiders. But nonetheless, the Chiefs look good. And I don't know if people really ever doubted the Chiefs. I can't imagine that they did, because to be quite fair, I don't really know who in the AFC is just outstanding. I don't know if we can point to one team that's just, they are a Super Bowl favorite to come out of the AFC. You could you could make the argument for the Bills, but I feel like they're a little inconsistent defensively, and Josh Allen still has times where he looks really bad, and they potential to lose you a football game. And I don't take a whole lot from their loss against Jacksonville, that happens. I mean, the Cowboys got essentially blown out by Denver. Uh, and then of course they come back and they they return the favor uh, to Atlanta this past you know this past weekend. But if you look around the AFC, I'm not I don't know really who's great and I think that presents an opportunity for the Chiefs because this weekend all three of their opponents, you know, in in their division in the AFC West all lost. They beat you know they beat Las Vegas. Chargers lost, Denver lost. They're in first place. And so for all the moaning and the groaning and the sky is falling talk that you've heard all season about the Chiefs, they're fine. And they can get hot, and we have an excellent game this weekend because the Cowboys will be in Kansas City on Sunday. That's that's the late game window on Fox. It's going to be a great game. And But I think in the AFC, if you look around, you know, the Titans, yes, record-wise, they're 8-2. and two. They've beaten great teams. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Bills. They've beaten... Um, you know, a, a myriad of teams who were really good contenders. All teams that were playoff teams last year, they've beaten. They've won. They've won those games. And so it's fair to give them their their fair share of praise, and they've earned it, and they deserve it. But I'm not quite ready to sit here and say, yeah, that is the team to beat. That is the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC, because I don't know. Every division is essentially undecided, I would imagine. I mean, you go around, yes, in the AFC West, we just talked about it. All four of those teams are right there. They're all right there. Any one of those teams mathematically has a chance to win. Is it likely that, you know, a team like Denver or Las Vegas wins? No. And really, the Chargers haven't looked great either. And if you go to the AFC North, do we really... Do you really buy into what the Ravens are doing this year? The defense is horrendous. They have been completely... Uh, obliterated by injuries on in the back end. They've been hurt. Of course, we know the story of what happened. They lost all their starting running backs at the beginning of the year. That's a team that really relies on running the ball. That goes into what Lamar Jackson does. They lost a really, really ugly game to Miami, and I understand it happens. But it is something. You have the Browns, who are rather inconsistent. One week, they look like world beaters against Cincinnati. Then they come out, and they look awful against a New England team that I think is highly underrated. 
I think New England's a very they are a highly underrated team. I don't think they're world beaters. I don't think they're contenders for a Super Bowl. But Mac Jones is what we thought he would be. We knew he would be the most pro-ready guy coming into the season, and he has looked the part, and then some. But that team's still led by their defense. And I understand a lot of their wins are against guys like Zach Wilson or Davis Mills or, you know, it's against a lot of guys that aren't, they're not going to face if you get to the playoffs. But give New England the Patriots their credit. They've done an excellent job up until this point. The Bengals had their run there where they looked pretty solid for a while, but we understand that's a young team. It's going to take some time. Nothing to take away from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and that defense has been really good this year. They're just not there yet. In the AFC South, it, you know, it's Tennessee, and then it's 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 Indianapolis. You know, it's the Colts, it's Carson Wentz, and, and Jonathan Taylor. I think they're a playoff team. That's just my opinion, but I think they're a playoff team. And I get the record doesn't really reflect that. I understand they've had, you know, a loss here or there, and they're just right around 500. That's a team that can get hot and get healthy. That's a viable team. But all of this to say... Why did we ever assume that Kansas City wouldn't figure it out? And I'm not here to sit here and tell you that I knew the answer the whole time. Nobody did. But they're too talented and too good not to figure it out eventually. And really, if you look around the league, what are the teams that are really starting to come in the sh- in the shape here as we get you know deep into November? December's right around the corner. This is when games count. This is when games matter. And what are the teams that are really starting to figure it out? Andy Reid and the Chiefs, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, Mike Vrabel and the Titans. Good, experienced, veteran coaches that know what it takes to win, all these guys. And that's just in the AFC. But I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. I think this is a really big game this weekend, obviously. Probably more so than the Cowboys than it is the Chiefs. And I don't think if Kansas City loses this game that we're back to the drawing board like, well, are they good, are they bad? No. I don't think they're going to be world beaters this year. I don't think it's going to be as easy for them, and they're going to make it look as seamless as they have for the last handful of years. But my bet is they still probably win the division. They might not be a one seed. They might not be a two seed. They might be a three seed. Hell, they could be a four seed. But let me ask you something. Do you want to see that team in the playoffs? I wouldn't. How many times have they come back from huge deficits in the playoffs. We saw it the year they won the Super Bowl. They got down to Houston. They got down to Tennessee. They got down to the San Francisco to the Niners in that Super Bowl. They won all three of those games. Is that really a team you want to face? Because they looked bad in September and October? If that's the hill you want to die on, be my guest, but I won't be there with you. Because I think Kansas City is just fine. I think they're just fine. Now, if you look at the Rams, and we're going to shift gears a little bit to the Rams in the NFC. OBJ is, on paper, it, it's a wonderful addition. The talent, the glitz, the glamour, the stars. We know the Rams go for it mentality. Draft picks be damned. Salary cap wizards. We know what they do, and it's a really interesting case study for a lot of the teams in the NFL to see if it works. But they're 0-2 in the last two weeks, and not just 0-2. Those are ugly losses against a Tennessee team and a Niners team that have one thing in common that the Rams have always struggled with under Sean McVay. Physicality. 
they have been pushed around the last two weeks. They got bullied by Tennessee two weeks ago, again, you know, at home. Then they go on the road, you know, on Monday night, and they get pushed around again by a physical Niners team that ran the ball down their throat, which included an opening play, or an opening drive, excuse me, of 18 plays and culminated in a touchdown. The Rams were really never in that game. And a lot of people would point to Matthew Stafford. Well, he hasn't played well the last two weeks. He had a couple of ugly interceptions. Fair. He has. He has. And it would be very easy to sit here and tell you, like, well, that's the same Matt Stafford we saw in Detroit. Now he looks like Jared Goff. What, Goff, what was the big upgrade? You guys gave up all these picks, and you're still paying Goff his contract. They'll be fine, too. They'll be just fine, too. I have no doubt they're going to be just fine. But how does this relate to OBJ? OBJ's fine. He's not a one. He might be a two if he's willing to accept it. But I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the loss on Monday night was his fault. He was targeted, you know, a handful of times. Stafford had the the deep pick, you know, on the on the target to to Odell and um you know, you could you could very very well make the case either way that that was on Odell, but I'm not willing to go there yet. He had been in the building for maybe a couple days. If that, he had been in the building a couple days. So the bye week that they have, in, have coming up is a really big deal. You're going to get guys like Odell and Von Miller, who they also added. You're going to get them in the building. You're not going to have to rush and get ready for, you know, game plan for an upcoming game. Get them in the playbook. Get them comfortable. Get them acclimated with all their teammates. And I think they're going to be okay. But lost in all the, the acquisitions they've made and all the hype and, and this and that and whatever and all the storylines and narratives that go around with the Rams and how they conduct business are injuries. They don't have a lot of depth. They already lost Cam Akers to start the season. Now they're out with Robert Woods, who, quite frankly, is probably one of the most underrated receivers and blocking receivers in the NFL and really allows that offense to do what they do and open it up for guys like Cooper Cup, Tyler Higbee, uh, you name it. Van Jefferson. You think Odell's going to be cool with blocking? We saw how that worked in Cleveland. He got cut. And I'm not sitting here telling you that I hate Odell. I don't. I think he's incredibly talented. But we do have a track record. And I get what happened in New York. I understand he wore out his welcome. I get that Cleveland was not an ideal situation for him. And he's in a dependent position as a player. He depends on other players to do their job so that he can do his. So I'm not worried about the connection that him and Stafford are going to get. I think they're going to be okay. But I'm not willing to sit here and tell you that the loss of Robert Woods is not an absolute blow for the Las Vegas, excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams and injuries as a whole. No Woods, no Acres. They've got injuries on the defensive side. They don't have a lot of depth. They're one injury away from being in serious trouble. And it's not like they're in a very... They're not in a great position if you look at the playoff picture because I don't think Arizona's going anywhere. San Francisco could probably be one of the best spoiler teams we've seen in years, and God help the Seattle Seahawks if they'll ever figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. But the Rams are... They can't afford any more injuries. Because I do have confidence they'll get it right. But... They've got to get it right. I mean, they have to. Because if you look at it, Arizona's not going anywhere. Dallas looks phenomenal. Green Bay's not going anywhere. Tampa and Brady, they're not going anywhere. Rams are looking at a, at a wild card spot. 
and maybe New Orleans kind of gets going here, or maybe Cam, now that he's back in Carolina, maybe they figure some stuff out, or X, Y, and Z, or hell, maybe even the Rams, you know, the, the 49ers. Maybe they finally found their identity. Maybe finally now they're healthy, and they come back. But let's say none of that happens. Let's say the, the Rams are just fine. They get a wild card spot, because I think barring any type of crazy kind of last couple months of the season, I think they're going to be a wild card team. They're going on the road, and they are not facing an easy task because the top of the NFC is fantastic. It's actually quite different from the AFC. When you look at the AFC, it's it, it's a lot of teams that are good, not great, don't know who's just spectacular. In the NFC, it is very clearly defined. Who is outstanding, who's at the top, who's the alpha dog, and then it's the has-beens. I mean, think about it. If the Rams were the wild were a wild card team today, they would prob- likely be on the road at some combination of Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa. How, how much confidence do you have in the Rams there to do that against a team that's not physical, not known for being physical, to go on the road and face a team like Brady and that defense, who I understand has has been hurt, they have underperformed. Be my guest if you want to go ahead and take on the uh, take on Brady in the playoffs, though. I wouldn't, but you can try it. And then let's say they have to go to Green Bay. Cold weather team. A defense that's been absolutely stunning the first couple weeks of the season. They've been great. They've been lights out. And Aaron Rodgers is fine. The offense is fine. I get Aaron had a bad week to, you know, last week against Seattle. Him and Russell both coming off of injuries and COVID. Aaron's going to be fine. The team's not going anywhere. They've got an easy path to the division. So for a team that's not physical, who doesn't have a lot of depth, and is trying to incorporate a lot of stars mid-season into a team that's already full of stars with massive expectations, they're looking at a wild card spot and potentially having to go on the road in either hellacious environments and weather or very physical football teams. Let, let's not even forget Dallas. The defense has been good, not great, but that's a shootout game. And Dallas is humming in every major statistical category offensively. It's not an easy road for the Rams. I think they'll be good, but, you know, we have to see. We have to see. And I think it, I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen with them. But I, I do want to touch on something, and we haven't talked a lot about this, you know, maybe in the last, well, at least the last episode we did. And we didn't touch on a lot of NBA and I, I want to start by giving you one very simple statement. Maybe it's not a statement. Maybe it's a it's a, a hand reaching out to saying to come and join me on the Golden State Warriors bandwagon. This team, I, 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 I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that I have serious... I, I'm very intrigued to see how well they do this season. I get they're off to an 11-2, 12-2 start. If this team stays healthy and these younger guys continue to develop and Clay comes back, he doesn't have to be 100% of what he is. He could be 75, 80, 85. You can get 90, great. Mark them down for a final strip. Tell me who in the West is stopping this team when they're healthy and at full strength. And if you say Lakers, I don't want to listen to you and any other opinions you have on basketball. Lakers look like a joke right now. Not healthy, LeBron not playing. Who cares? These guys are 45. They're old. These guys are old. 
They look. I mean, what's the average age of the team? What is it? The oldest average roster in NBA history. You've got a bunch of old guys who should be on Medicare and getting ready to go into retirement and start drawing Social Security and pulling out of the 401ks. And then you have brittle, old, ambivalent, not really sure if they're in or out, Anthony Davis. That's your young guy. That's your one-star young guy. You willing to put that team up against Golden State? That team, Lakers couldn't even keep up with them on the court. We saw that. Warriors look great, and I think it's a true testament to the leader that Steph Curry is, the coach that Bob Kraft, Bob Kraft, good Lord, Steve Kerr, and Bob Myers, the GM. They've built a culture that is really unlike any other culture in the NBA. They're fun to watch. God, they're a fun team to watch. They're a lot of fun to watch. They shoot the lights out. They play defense now. They're one of the highly rated, if not the highest rated defensive team in the NBA. And I don't know what, you know, I get it's early. I understand it's November, and we got a long way b- before we get to April. I know that. It's a long season between now and h- now and then. But who in the West do you trust to really give them a good fight? Maybe Phoenix. Maybe. Dallas, and I'm a Mavericks fan. I think they're a really interesting team. I think they could, could make a deep run. If God, for, God willing, they don't run into the Clippers anymore. But I just don't know. I don't know who who Golden State's going to look at and be like, yeah, this seems like a really tough matchup for us. They went to Brooklyn last night and put it on KD and Harden and the Nets. So much so, Steph was getting MVP chance in an opposing arena. Tell me this isn't a, a, a team that people aren't rooting for. And it's really easy to hate them given the run they went on and I get they had the death lineup and then the dream team and they added KD and they were villains. It's fine. The sport needs it. You've heard me say that before. This feels different. This feels this feels like a second act for this this bunch, this Draymond, this Clay, this Steve Kerr, Steph. This feels like a second act for them where they're not hated. There's not as much vitriol towards them. They're a likable team. They've always been a likable team, at least to me. I've always liked watching them. I would never call myself a fan of them, but I find a lot of joy in sitting down and watching them just the way they play basketball. And towards the end with KD, you know, the, they were really big on ball movement, and they didn't really move the ball a whole lot. You know, It would get stagnant at times, but they're kind of back to moving the ball around a lot. And by no means am I a basketball savant. There's people that are smarter than me in basketball. Sure. But you can't tell me that this is not, watching the Warriors, it's not just a, a great experience. And it's a lot of fun. And in the West, I don't know who's really going to slow them down. Mavericks are interesting. Lakers are old and slow, can't stay healthy, can't figure it out. Again, early, I just don't have a lot of faith in them. Clippers kind of feel like the under, you know, the, the overachieving Clippers team they were a couple years ago. They've got some stars back. Paul George has been great. They've got players. Again, they just don't, they're not wonderful. It's not just a, a wow team. Phoenix looks like that they're, they're for real again. I kind of wondered if they were just a one-hit wonder last year, given uh, given their, their the way they were built and their title run. I didn't really know if they could uh, sustain that. It looks like they have. You never know what Denver you're going to get. Utah, you know, have to prove it to me in the playoffs because you haven't yet. I don't know who's stopping them. I don't know. I like the Warriors. It's just me. Now, college football. And this is where it's going to get really, 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 really heated. 
because I know for a fact there are people that listen to this podcast that think Cincinnati should be a top four team. And for the first time in my life, I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with you. I think they should be too. Because if you're going to do it, this is the year to do it. This is absolutely the year to do it. Why wouldn't you? Feels like, you know, you have Bama. Here's here's my biggest thing with college football, and I just lost my train of thought there for a second, so forgive me. Outside of Georgia, if that, can you name me one dominant clear-cut favorite in college football to win the, win the championship? I don't even know if I could do it. Because here's the thing, a two-loss Alabama team, done. They lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're done. They're kind of all or nothing at this point. Georgia, one of the best defenses I've seen in a long time. I just don't know if they can score enough. And in this game, the way it's played today, defense will only take you so far. In the SEC, it'll probably take you, it'll take you a long way. It might even win you an SEC championship and get you to the playoffs. I don't know if it takes you to the promised land. They have to be able to score, and I have not seen the ability for them to do that yet. But how does this relate to Cincinnati? Well, listen. In my opinion, if you have a one-loss Bama team and a one-loss Georgia team, let's say this is in the event that Alabama beats Georgia, you would be a fool not to put those two teams in. You would be a fool not to do it. And for the sake of argument, so now you have two out of the four spots taken in the CFP top four. So you have Alabama-Georgia in there. Are you with me? Fight at me. I don't care. That's what I think it should be. It should be you take the four best teams available within reason of record. If you really want to sit there and tell me that a one-loss Alabama team is not as good as an undefeated Cincinnati team, I cannot help you. What irritates me is that the committee lies to these schools, these group of five schools, your AACs, you know, your, you know the American Conference, teams like Cincinnati, teams like UCF. They lie to these teams. Even last year with BYU, Coastal Carolina, they sit there and they lie to these teams and say, yeah, you have a shot, in theory, to be in the top four. But they don't. Just give them their own championship. Just do that. But don't lie to the kids. But if you're going to put them in, this is the year to do it. Because this is going to expand anyways. And personally, I'm for it. I think the, the landscape of college athletics is going to change drastically in the next five years. And a lot of it is because of TV money. It's where a lot of it's going to come from. The conferences you see now are going to be completely shifted and changed. You're already seeing that. Texas and Oklahoma are already leaving for the SEC. The Big 12 has already infused talent with you, you know, Houston and Cincinnati and BYU and UCF. You know, the, you know, the American Conference, they've just you know, rated Conference USA. That includes UNT. That's where I go to school. So the landscape's completely changing. But do you know who the driving force was behind Texas and Oklahoma leaving the, leaving the Big 12? It was ESPN. That report came out. ESPN was a driving force behind that. Why? Because they just picked up the SEC. They have the SEC package now. They took it from, from CBS. What does that also do? Well, who has the Big 12? Where do you watch your Big 12 games? Fox, right? It's a competitor. They just lost their two premier schools. And don't get me wrong, Texas looks awful this year. I still think Sarkeesian's the right guy. 
really I do. These are not his players. It's been an ugly last month or so. You had the the horrendous loss to Kansas. You lose to you know Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Oklahoma. You know in the uh, you know the State Fair, the Red River Rivalry, and the Cotton Bowl. You know six weeks ago. They blew that lead. So it's been a really ugly season for them, but I think they're fine, and they still have drawing power. You can't tell me that TV contracts and the way that you know things are set up is not a driving force behind the changing landscape in college football and why these conferences are changing. Because rest assured, if these networks can have the ability to shape the way the conference is built, why in the hell can they not do it when it comes to arranging how the playoff system's done? Does it that might tell me if I'm wrong, but that's not an unrealistic statement to make. They're probably going to go to eight or 12 teams. We'll see if it works. It might be awful. But right now, as it stands, if in the theory that Alabama beats Georgia in that in the, the SEC title game, which is completely likely, I have no idea. I don't know what Alabama team we're going to get. In the event that they win, and them and Georgia each have one loss, they're both in. They're both in. The question becomes, who do you take after that? Because you've got a couple different schools. If you have Ohio State and Oregon as their respective conference winners from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, do you take both of them? Do you take one of them? My opinion? You take Oregon. You take Oregon. Oregon's got, they beat Ohio State. Already proven it. The problem becomes, can you leave out a Big Ten school in favor of, you know, a one-loss Oklahoma team or an undefeated Cincinnati team? Can you? I mean, you could. But these are the problems that the four-team format presents. The fine line that you have to walk if you're going to expand it is do you dilute it? Because if you go to eight teams or 12 teams, that's a lot of extra games on these kids. That's a lot. And then you run the risk of getting blowouts. I'm seeing this firsthand in high school football. I get it's different. But if you pay attention to high school football, especially in the DF Dallas, you know, in the DFW area, how many blowoffs have we seen in the first week? A lot. Just in, in the coverage area alone that I have, we had schools get blowing teams out and getting blown out left and right. So I get it's a different circumstance in high school football. I'm not I'm not ignorant to that. I understand that. But if you raise, you know, if you expand the college football playoff to 12 teams, you're going to dilute it. So stop lying to the group of 5 schools. Just give them their own championship and leave the rest for, you know, the Power 4, or Power 5 schools if you want to consider the Big 12 a Power 5 school, you know, conference at this point. There's no lie to the kids. And I think it'll be fine. But anyways, listen, I'm going to get out of here. I know, um, you know, appreciate you guys sitting down and listening listen to me. I wasn't planning on doing, you know, an episode like this this week, but wanted to get something out for you guys. Had some thoughts swirling around. Uh, wanted to knock out. Uh, so, like I said, I'm going to have another one dropping tomorrow. It's going to be with a pretty cool, pretty cool special guest. The guy that's close to me I've been friends with for a while. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, again, you know, you guys be sure to check me out uh, on Twitter at PraterLayton. The uh, Twitter handle for this podcast is at LP Podcast. Uh, you guys have a great week. I will talk to you tomorrow, believe it or not. Have a good one. See you.